Um, how many people are in full swing of summer? Uh, yesterday was the first day of summer, and it was hot. And, um, but, uh, and you know, as summer starts, vacations start, and, and, but we're just uh, we're looking forward to, to just being able to, to get back in the swing of things. And so, how many people have ever made a bad decision? Anybody? Have you ever did something and you thought, man, that was stupid? Come on, yes, yes, we got some people being honest this morning. I mean, we've all been there. I mean, I'm raising my, both hands and, and both feet if I could. Uh, maybe you listened to someone who you shouldn't have listened to. Or maybe you didn't listen to someone that you should have listened to. Uh, maybe something happened and you responded in, in a way that you know that you shouldn't have. How many people like roller coasters? Like, oh man, much more than the first service. Must have been the old people. Well, see, because I used to love them. Um, but now I, I am the guy that as you start going up the hill and you hear the clicks, I'm the guy that's repenting of every sin, everything. God, forgive me if I don't get off this. I want to go to heaven. Uh, that is who I am now. And, and what I used to think was really cool when I was younger and dumber um, was uh, I would get to the top and I could look out and see the entire park. That is, back then, that was so awesome. Uh, now I don't know what it's like because my eyes are closed. And my 11-year-old daughter is saying, Daddy, open your eyes. Daddy, quit screaming. Um, but you would get to the top of that first hill, and right before you drop to your death, uh, you could see the whole park. And you could get a, a, a good perspective of how big the park actually was. You get a perspective of, uh, of the bigger picture. Now, when you were on the ground and you, all you could see, you were standing in, you know, a, a, a line that snaked through for, you know, two hours and all you could see were people or all you could see were trees or, or you could see the bottom of the roller coaster. You, had, you could just see what was right around you. But when you got to the top, you could see everything. And um, th there's a book in the Bible that, that I believe gives us some perspective on life. Uh, the book of Proverbs, uh, I believe, is something that helps us see the bigger picture. It's a book that can help us in so many ways. So over the next few weeks, we're going to, to look at some of the wisdom from Proverbs, some of the things that we can gain from this book, some knowledge. How many would say, I'd like to be a little smarter? We can learn that from the book of Proverbs. Today, we're going to look at the third king of Israel. We're going to look at the story of King Solomon and his son. We're going to see how different generations dealt with the subject of wisdom. How many people have ever gotten wise counsel from someone, you followed it, and it's went well? Anybody had somebody give you advice, and, and, and when you follow it, you think, man, that was, I'm glad I listened? On the other hand, how many of us has, have gotten advice from someone, and we've listened, and we've discovered, man, I shouldn't have listened to them. You see, there's a difference in, in just getting counsel and getting wise counsel. Wise counsel is so important. But unfortunately, there are many people who they really don't want wise counsel. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15, we read, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. 
But he who heeds counsel is wise. So what we are learning here is, is that everything a fool thinks, he thinks is the right decision. The word heeds here, it doesn't just mean to listen, but it means to listen and obey. To listen and obey. Now, a lot of times, being a pastor, someone will come to me for advice, and I will sit down with them, look at across the desk or across a cup of coffee, and and I will give them the best advice that I think and and what I feel like that that the Spirit's telling me and and from from everything I've been through, and, and I will tell them that, and then they get up, yes, pastor, I understand, yes, that's great advice, and then they go do the exact opposite. You ever had anybody do you like that, and you're thinking, why, why even ask me? You didn't want my opinion, why even ask me? And sometimes our daughter, she likes to do art, and she'll say, mommy, should I do this, or should I do this? And she'll say, well, I think you should do this. And Reese will say, well, I really wanted to do this. And Christy said, well, why'd you even ask me? You weren't going to do what I said anyway. Well, I just wondered. But we've had people who do that. And, and people that refuse knowledge. So here it says that the definition of a fool isn't someone who doesn't have knowledge. But the definition of a fool is someone who has knowledge but refuses to listen. And so the question we ask ourselves today is, where do we find knowledge? How do we learn to live a life where not only we understand, but we walk and we do in what we understand? You see, the world is looking at the church. They're looking for people who will say they understand, but they're trying to catch us not doing it. There's a word for that that many of us has heard. Hypocrite. And it's so important that as followers of Christ, we become people who not only know what to do, but we also do it. We need to become someone who doesn't just preach love, but we show it. We need to to become people who just don't preach or teach forgiveness, but we give it. We have to become people who don't just say that we're followers of Christ, but we act like it. If we want to make an impact in the world in which we are living today, we have to become people of conviction. People that, who know what we believe, but not only do we know what we believe, that we do that as well, regardless of the circumstances. In the book of 1 Kings, we read a story about Solomon's son, Rehoboam. And this is a story that can help us get some perspective on wise counsel. Now, when we begin to read this story, we see that that Solomon has died. His son, Rehoboam, is now the king. But during the time of Solomon's reign, there was another man by the name of Jeroboam. And he was a man who had left. He had fled to Egypt because Solomon had tried to kill him. So when he finds out that Rehoboam has become king, Jeroboam decides to come back to test the king. So he comes back and he says, listen, your dad made it rough on us. Near the end, your dad made it really hard on us. He forced us into hard labor. He forced us into paying higher taxes. 
Now that you're king, what are you going to do? Now that you're king, are you going to change the way that your father ruled? And so as he, they had this interaction, Rehoboam says, I'll tell you what, give me three days. You go away, give me three days, and then come back to me, and I'll give you my answer. So when Jeroboam goes away, Rehoboam goes to some of the men who his father used to lean on, who his father used to listen to. And he goes to them and he says, here's what they're asking me. What should I say? Here's what they're asking me. What should I do? And so these men begin to give him what turns out to be wise counsel. He said, listen, they say, if you will be a servant to them, if you will serve them, they will serve you. If you will serve them, things will go a lot better. Rehoboam didn't like the answer that he was given. So then what he did was he went and found some other people, some guys that he had grew up with. Guys that he used to, to run with. And he went to them and what he was doing was he was looking for someone who would tell him what he wanted to hear. And when he went to them, they said, listen, you're the king, they're not. You need to tell them that you think that my dad made it hard on you. I'm going to make it a whole lot worse. You need to tell them, I'm the king, you're not, and this is the way it's going to be. Now, he liked that answer better. Why? Because he was elevating himself above the people. You see, the greatest form of leadership is not ruling over someone, but it is serving. And that's what the wise counsel, that's what the men were trying to tell him. In our lives, there's going to be times that, that someone comes to us and they're looking to, to help us, to make us better, maybe even to, to correct us in what we're doing. And the challenge for us is, is to accept that wise counsel, not to, to, to turn, tune it out and to try to find someone or people who will tell us what we want to hear. Uh, we have to understand that discipline, when done correctly, is love. So on that day, when he went back, they came back to him, and he said, you think it used to be bad? It's getting ready to be a whole lot worse. And that day, the nation of Israel was split into two. Likewise, in our life, there are many times that when we do not listen to wise counsel, things become divided in our life. Things go downhill. And you may not be a king, I don't think we have any in here today. But every one of us have been given something to steward. Maybe it's our marriage. Maybe it's our children. Some of us may own businesses. We have employees. But we have things that God has given us to take care of. Things that we should be able to pour into and to pour ourselves into. And we will, we, we will be held accountable to what we've been called to steward. In my life, I am so thankful that I have voices that will tell me what I need to hear. 
Voices that they may not always tell me what I want to hear, but they tell me what I need to hear. And this morning I want to talk about three things. Three things about wise counsel. I want to talk about the priority of wise counsel, the pattern of wise counsel, and lastly, the power of wise counsel. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, it says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. How important is it to have wise counsel? How much of a priority should we make it in our lives? What this verse says is, it says, if you walk with wise people, you will become wise. If you walk with wise people, you will become wise. But on the other hand, if you walk with fools, if you become a a companion of fools, notice here, it doesn't say that you will become a fool. What it says is is that you will suffer harm. In other words, if you walk with foolish people, you're going to feel the effects in your life of the foolish decisions that they make. You're going to feel the effect of things that they bring on themselves because you've become a companion to that person that's living foolishly. You attract it to yourself. That's why that, that we stress life groups and serving and weekend services. It's because we want the most opportunity to get around wise people. There's nothing that I love more than sitting around a table of people who are smarter than I am. There's nothing more that, that I like than walking with people who will give me wise counsel. People who I can learn from and grow from. And we have to, to realize that we have to seek that out in our lives. We have to seek out wise counsel. Because here in Proverbs, it tells us that if we, if we continue, you know, most of us, we spend enough time around foolish people just living our day-to-day lives. And the problem is, is no matter how wise you are, no matter how smart you are, if you continually are, are hanging around and running with foolish people, it's going to change the way that you think. It's going to change the way that you act. It's going to cause you to stray away from where you need to be. But when we do things like life groups and we serve and we come together on the weekend, we put ourselves in a situation where we can group ourselves with people where we can sharpen each other. A group of people where we can get godly wisdom. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end is the way of death. You see, the reality is, is that that we all think we know what's right. Let's just be honest, we're humans. We all think we know what's right. And there's been times, has there been times in my life that I've made a decision that I thought was right, but it wasn't? Anybody have that happen? Did anybody drive here this morning in something that you made a decision to buy that in the end it probably wasn't a good choice? That car salesman, you know, they talked you into it or, or that companion, they talked you into it and it's like, man, this would just, this would, yeah, we've been there. Some of us are driving those decisions right now. 
We have to, to, to make a decision and we have to be careful to, to make decisions based on emotion or based in the moment. Making decisions without wise counsel is so dangerous. Making wise counsel not be a priority in our life is so dangerous. Why? Because it comes to steal life from you. Wise counsel has to be a priority. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 14 says this, Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitudes of counselors, there is safety. How many people like to be safe? It says, when you live your life, when there's no counsel, you are going to fall. You're going to stumble. The word safety there actually means salvation. There is salvation. There is salvation in listening and having wise counsel. We must make it a priority in our lives. Secondly, the pattern of wise counsel. Solomon had a dream when he became king, and, and, and God came to him and he said, listen, you can have whatever you want. Man, wouldn't that be awesome? How many people would like that? How many people would love to have that dream? How many people would say, what do I want? How about more wishes? He comes to him and he says, what do you want? In 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The pattern of wise counsel is understanding and recognizing the source. Understanding and realizing the sense. And then being able to steward what God has placed in our lives. He allowed God to know, you are my source. He allowed God to know that this is not about me. I know nothing. I am not a smart man. I am a little child. You are my source. He said, I need your wisdom. I need your sense to be able to steward what it is your people, that you have put me over. We have to have people in our life who know who their source is, who tell us things that make and get their sense from the Word of God, who will, which will allow us to take care of the things that God has placed us over. We read about the story of Timothy and Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. It says, Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Verse 14 says, Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. 
Here Paul was telling Timothy, he said, listen, you, you need to, to listen and remember what I've told you. But he also says that through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Paul was saying, listen, when you got saved, when you made a decision to follow after Christ, deposited into your life was the Holy Spirit. Now getting counsel from people is very important. But it's also important to understand and realize that if you are a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit is living within you and He will speak to you and He will give you wise counsel. Have you ever been in a situation and, and you've wanted to react or you've wanted to, to do something, but something has told you you shouldn't do that? You shouldn't do that. And a lot of people will say, well, that's just my conscience. If you are a follower of Christ, that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And, and if you will follow the pattern, listen to wise counsel, understand and realize that the Spirit will speak to you and will lead you. One of our essential beliefs here at Gateway is that a believer can be Spirit-filled and Spirit-led. In other words, if you will listen, the Holy Spirit that is within you will lead you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will lead and direct you if we'll follow the pattern of wise counsel. Thirdly, the power of wise counsel. The power of wise counsel. Wise counsel, it connects. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 says this, For the Lord grants wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. There is power in wise counsel. It allows you to know something and understand how to apply it. It allows you to, to understand that the way that you need to go. As I was studying for this, I, I began to look at it and read how that when they would plow a field, they would yoke an oxen, an older oxen, to a younger oxen. And the reason that they did that, it was because the older one knew what was supposed to be done. The older one wouldn't get distracted. The older one would also provide most of the strength. You may be here today and, and you may feel like that you're in that older generation. And you may think, my time is done. There's nothing for me to do. There's nothing for me to give. Can I tell you that, that we need you? We need you to, because why? Because we need to be able to, to raise up a, another generation. We need to have your wisdom transferred to the wisdom of people younger. We need you to connect with them. And if you're even, I don't consider myself older, but I'm getting there. I know that there's people that I need to connect to. And we need to ask ourselves the question, who have we connected to? Because it's a chain. I connect to someone who's giving me wisdom. And then I pass that down and transfer it to someone else. But we have to ask ourselves the question, who are we connected to? 
that's leading me to make the decisions that I'm supposed to make. You see, there is danger if you are yoked to people who do not have the same values that you should have or that you have. There's danger if you're yoked to people who do not believe the same way that you believe. Why? Because they are leading you in a way other than what God wants you to go. God wants you to connect to His Word, to His Spirit, and to godly relationships. When you look at this picture, and you look at a picture of the field being plowed, here you are, you're yoked to another oxen, and behind you is a plow. And as you're going, you are churning up the ground behind you. Why are you doing that? Because the fruit, so the fruit of your life can be planted. So that you can see a harvest that's being reaped. But if you're being led by someone who doesn't have the same beliefs as you have, then you end up planting something that you were never meant to plant. And you will end up reaping something that you were never meant to reap. It's such a powerful picture. You see, wise counsel also protects you. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 7, that we read before in verse 8, says, he, store up sound, he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. In verse 8, he guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Wise counsel will protect you. It will keep you from harm. It will keep you from doing things that are destructive to your life and to the lives of those people around you. And it also will direct you. It'll direct you. It will direct you and keep you from going astray. He tells us, that He will direct our paths. He tells us that if we walk with Him, that we can reap a harvest. There is a destiny for your life. God has a plan for your life. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 9 says this, Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity in every good path. He said, I want to direct you. He said, I've got a plan for your life. God is looking for us. He's looking for increase. And he says, if you plant well, if you plant well, if you listen to wise counsel, he said, I will use you to reach people. I will use you to plant so that a harvest can be reaped. When we look at Jesus, Jesus walked in wise counsel. When he walked on this earth, he plowed a field Seeds were planted. And because of that, we're here today. You see, he listened to his father, wise counsel. His friends were telling him, Jesus, let's just not go to Jerusalem. Jesus, it doesn't have to end this way. Jesus, you don't, you're, you're, you're God. You, you don't have to. But as Jesus was walking as a man, when he prayed in the garden, he said, "This, I don't want to do this. If it's your will, let it go from me. Let it pass. He said, if it's your will, I'll do it. 
And we know ultimately it was, it was the will of the Father. And he listened to wise counsel. He could have listened to his friends. Where would we be? Jesus said, I can't help but do what my Father is asking me to do. God is saying, you have to be willing to listen to wise counsel. Why? Because he has called you to something that is so much bigger than you are. And if we're not careful, we'll miss it. We'll miss it. God has given us numerous avenues to help us in our day-to-day life. He has put things in place to help us. He's placed people in our lives. He's given us the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. And we can't allow pride to keep us from listening. 26 years ago, how many people can even remember 26 years ago? I can remember it because 26 years ago on this past Thursday, uh, I married my wife. And um, so here we are. I'm 20. She's 19. And um, we go on our honeymoon. Now, growing up, you know, we went to where everybody goes on their honeymoon, right? We went to Myrtle Beach, just a place to go. It's actually Garden City, just so I'm not accused of not knowing where we were. But growing up, I went to the beach a lot. And um, when we were there, I was always being reminded by someone wiser than me, namely my parents, you got to watch for the current because it'll take you. you got to watch for the undertow because it will pull you under. And growing up, I honestly, I got tired of hearing it. Yeah, yeah, I understand. So here I am, 20 years old, freshly married for about two days, get on a raft. I'm... Now I'm the same way with oceans that I am with roller coasters. At my age, I understand that there's things out there that would like to eat me for supper. So now you're lucky just to get me in the sand. I don't like anything below my feet that I don't know what's there. But here I am, 20 years old. We're on a raft, and we're just sharing this raft together. You know, one of those rafts that you buy from one of those high-class beach shops. And we're out there, and we're just, everything's just great. The sun's shining, and, and it come across my mind what I was told growing up. Remember the current will take you. Remember the undertow. I'm thinking this. And then I'm thinking, huh, Mom and Dad ain't here, are they? I'm 20 years old. I'm married. I'm grown do what I want to do. Sitting there, just floating, and just not a care in the world. All of a sudden, I hear whistles blowing. I open my eyes, and I'm thinking, man, somebody's doing something wrong. What is going on? Just floating, and didn't pay any attention that there wasn't really nowhere, nobody around where we were. 
So I keep my eyes open and I'm looking and I see David Hasselhoff and Pamela Anderson running toward us. And I say, I think they're blowing their whistle at us. So I try to get off the raft and I realize um, my feet aren't touching. So they're coming running out there and they're yelling and, and they grab a hold of us and they start pulling us back to safety. And I begin to think about this, that this week. I begin to think about that moment. And here I was, I was in a situation that um, I had been given wise counsel the whole time I was growing up. But in this moment, I rejected that wise counsel. I thought I knew what was right. I thought, Mommy and Daddy ain't Lord over me anymore. And as I thought about that moment, and I thought about those lifeguards that came to, to rescue me and pull me to safety. I thought about how that is the same in, in our lives. Uh, there's so many times in our life that we have been given wise counsel. But we come in a moment, in a situation where we allow uh, our pride and where we think that we know what's better or we know what's best or that the wise counsel that we've been given is not really wise at all. And we begin to, to drift, go our own direction, our own way to what we think is right. And then before we know it, we open our eyes and we're in a really bad situation. We open our eyes and because we have rejected wise counsel. We're in a situation where if we're not careful we're going to sink. And I thought about that. But then I thought. When that happens. I'm so glad that I serve a God. That just like those lifeguards will run out, come to where I am, and rescue me, and pull me back to safety, pull me back to the shore. When they came, I wasn't resisting anymore. When they came to rescue me, I wasn't like, no, I know what's best, leave me alone. I'm like, no, save me. Save me. And it's probably because of those lifeguards that I went from being married two days to being alive to say I've been married 26. That's what God wants to do to you. He says no matter where you are, no matter the mistakes you've made, no matter how much you've refused wise counsel, no matter where has, you, has brought you to this point, I want to rescue you. With every head bowed, How many would say, Pastor, I can relate. I 
I've been rejecting some wise counsel or I haven't sought out wise counsel or I've decided to try to um, just find people who tell me what I want to hear. And because of that, I'm, I'm in a situation that I feel like that I'm drowning. I feel like that my feet can't touch the bottom and I need rescued. Would there be one that would just slip up your hand? Thank you. Thank you. I need rescued. God is so loving. He is so loving that He says, no matter what, no matter where you are, I'll come to you. Just don't resist me. Allow me to pull you back to safety. Allow me to lead you, to guide you, protect you. You may be here this morning, you may say, Pastor, I'm doing all I can do to follow after Christ, but I know that sometimes my, the way that I think is right gets in the way. Sometimes I do things that, that I think is right. And I don't listen to wise counsel. I don't listen to the Holy Spirit. And I am continually feel like I'm messing up and making wrong choices. Would you just slip up your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God loves us so much. God loves you. He wants you to, to listen to the Holy Spirit, to get around wise people, and to know that He can rescue you. I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are. I want you just to close your eyes. Just sometimes we get so impatient. Or we talk so much that we, we don't listen. We're just waiting for our turn to talk. But I believe right now in this moment, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. He wants to speak wisdom and wise counsel into your spirit. So I want to ask them to sing this course through a couple of times. And while they do that, just allow the spirit to, to speak to your heart. And then we'll close in prayer.